Good afternoon, everybody. It's good to have you all here. I'm Mark Steiner, and I'm only introducing today, but I wanted to do this um, because of the two men who you're about to have a conversation with and listen to. Uh, they are uh, both incredible poets, and um, poetry to me is uh, my f- f- happiest medium that, uh, t- because I think it touches the, it brings the soul, it touches human consciousness, puts it all together, and and takes us places that we don't know exist and then we find out they do. And uh, great poets are like, uh, they give us reason. And we don't respect poets, I think, enough in uh, the U.S., but we're changing. And we do here. And the two men I'm about to in- introduce, one I know, one I've met, one I haven't met, one I've interviewed, one I haven't interviewed. But they're both incredible poets. Uh, Alpha Michael Weaver is with us. He's written uh, uh, 11, 11, I think, 11, 12 now and counting books of poetry. Uh, an amazing man. Both these men are from Baltimore. Uh, and uh, you can hear the roots of the working class of our town in their words and in the work that they do. But they go beyond that. Alpha Michael Weaver has this very unique way because of what his life, where his life has taken him of embracing both the Igbo and the Chinese the way he spent his life, and how it's effect, effect, affected his writing, his poetry, his soul. And Reginald Harris, who grew up here, and Reginald is now um, the branches coordinator, and I think I read this right, Reggie, the branches coordinator, information technology director for Poets House in New York City, uh, and, uh, and he's just uh, an amazing writer. He's a Pushcart nominee. Uh, he's won, uh, he just recently won the 2012 Cave Canum an amazing writer, and he takes, both these men take it from different places. Reginald kind of adds in sexuality with power and beauty and reaching across lines that the men don't reach across in his words. And what the two of them will come up with in the next hour together, we only can imagine, and we're about to find out. So without too many lengthy introductions, let me... Oh, before I say that, let me just, we're taping this. This will be aired on the radio sometime in the next week or two. Uh, but let me give you Alpha Michael Weaver and Reginald Harris. You know, the only problem with this is that nobody told us what to do. So are we standing here? Are we sitting? Are we, we're sitting and talking. Ah, okay. Oh, and reading and talking and sitting and talking. Okay, great. Come on, come on up. So thanks to Reggie for giving directions. I've known Reggie for a while, and I know I can depend on him for that. <laughs> so... Uh, I'll say about the Kabe Canon connection that we can read in turns. Maybe. Sure, sure. Um, I was um, a member of the first faculty at Kabe Canon, and um, I was uh, invited along with Elizabeth Alexander, who read the poem for President Obama. The two of us were the first faculty to be invited to teach at Kabe Canon um, by Toy Derricott and Cornelius Eady. And shortly after that, I became the first elder. Um, Reggie was one of the fellows, and he became the first archivist, and that also became our first uh, ongoing joking exchange. 
Yes. So, Reggie, if you want to read first, and then I'll. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, well, I, I just realized that I was at CaveCon the second year, which I didn't realize it was the second year. Or was it the third year? I, I don't remember. It's very early. We're both getting old. Yes, we're both getting much too old. Um, and um, I had never been surrounded by so many black poets before. You know, I thought, you know, because once again, I guess like everybody, even though I was a reader, you sort of think that poets are um, these old dead people, <laughs> you know. Um, and to be surrounded by, what, 20 or something living African-American poets, it was extraordinary. So um, it was really great. And um, yes, I, it's, it's funny, we were thinking just the other day uh, with all this talk about uh, social security. There is a connection here, don't, don't worry. Um, that um, back uh, years ago uh, when uh, uh, Vice President uh, was running, um, God, of course, I, I forgot it. Uh, the uh, the lockbox. Thank you, Al Gore. See, I, I, I knew that about an hour ago uh, when Al Gore wanted to put Social Security in the lockbox. You know, we sort of wish we could get that lockbox back. But um, so um, I had all the Kavi Kano stuff in the lockbox um, and was kidded about being, about, about that lockbox by Biafa um, and started a... Uh, an email list for the organization um, back when people did email listservs as opposed to Facebook um, before Facebook. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's what the archive is basically. It's a lot of the papers and emails, some emails and various things um, from those from those days. Um, speaking of Kavikanam, I wanted to read uh, this. Another change is I've got to put these specs on. Um, retreat postcards. Mass of granite, question mark. Fear trapped in your suitcase. Released. Forgotten with each embrace, repeated invocation, welcome. Two. Beloved, times are wondered filled. You hear my wish to overflow them. Three. The ghosts are friendly here, helpful novices urging joy, depth, prayer, courage. They fly in with a gust at night, peer over your shoulder. Messy haints, try to catch them, they rearrange your pages as they flee. Four, mother, I cried out for you, for God, begged forgiveness, staring at the stars, was up all night suspended in an envelope slipped from dusk to dawn. The feel of being cupped in loving hands, sounds of 50 heartbeats echoing. How can I go on? Prepare. Visions are next. Five. Block of foot-thick stone and prayer, light above the river. Angels hovering, wings thin as pure blank pages. I'll be reading today from uh, The Government of Nature. It's my new book. It's the uh, 12th collection, and I'm blessed to have 12 books of poetry. Uh, this book is dedicated to my parents, and it would not have been possible without the instruction I received 
from my teacher, um, Shere, as we call him, or Grandmaster Wang Chin Liang, who lives here in Baltimore. I'm one of his Taoist disciples, and I practice daily Taoist meditation. And the book is about uh, my uh, relationship with a man who taught me everything virtually that I know about horses, and a man who also brought great challenges into my life, uh, my maternal uncle. And um, the difficulty with writing about this is coming to terms with the fact that that kind of abuse is tied up in love. And so this poem is entitled, If You Tell. If you tell, the stars will turn against you. You will have not night, but emptiness. If you tell, you will live in an old house in the desert all alone with cacti for friends. If you tell, people will hide their children from the monster others say your kind are. If you tell, the police will add you to the list of people who might have killed the albatross. If you tell, you will walk in a hollow room full of the sound of liar, liar, pants on fire. If you tell, poets will call it marketing, a ploy to get ahead in the game. If you tell, women will think you are trying to steal a place that is not yours. If you tell, you will become a stinky thing no aromatherapy will ever make sweet. If you tell, all the therapists you ever saw will claim you in reports to some conference. If you tell, you will see the wounded everywhere, shuffling legions, the murdered souls of children under angels' wings, beating a prayer in a place with no night, no day, no palladium of lies. And uh, we did um, learn a lot about horses, and we went on moonlight rides with my uncle, which was really quite nice. And um, he owned Arabians and raised them all his life. The Arabians originated in the Middle East and are said to have been founded by the Prophet Muhammad, who had the first five Arabian horses. And this is about uh, riding at night with my uncle in a farm out in, in Patapsco Park in the 60s, late 60s, against forgiveness. In the moonlight, the leaves telegraph the night's song, the way they brush against us as we go under the wooden bridge across from the Jesuit seminary, stepping in streams, the horses' tunnels of living flesh that we trust. My faith in him is absolute. We go into the woods where mad things can turn the horses into monsters that maim and crush, but he holds life up with hands named by what nature tells the living. I know it from the shadows of whispers in my mind, from the earliest games in a space a big brother should have had, but was taken by him, my uncle, like a chocolate bear in the dark bear that I keep close to me, carving a dark father from questions I do not know, questions I have not the courage to ask, as one asks a question to step from shadow and become the light that leads, shines on the words carved in stone by water. I think it's 
um, easy to see why I have admired Michael Weaver for years. Um, your honesty, the, the, the beauty of your work, and the fearlessness. Um, and for that, I thank you. I've said this behind your back many times, but I, I, I want to say it now to your face. Thank you. I think that many of us want to be when we grow up. Well, Reggie, so. you're from the west side. I'm from the east side. Yeah, that's true. That's I the other thing. That. That's, wait a minute. That's Thank true. <laughs> that's true. Thank you. Okay, so, so we're going to snip the tape right there, right? So, so we don't. That's uh, <laughs> let's, let's not, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to read a, a couple of things from, uh, from my book. Um, which is about um, places and travel and different locations where you are and how you sort of change depending on where you happen to be or you seem to change in any case. Um, and since you brought up East Side versus West Side, <clears throat> East Side Alphabetics. Apostolic beatdown, chicken box, down low e-dealer, 5-0 car, gospel hip-hop, ice cream Jones, Kenya, Kendra, Keyshawn, Coco, Korean laundromat, methadone nod out noontime, old school, preschool, quit school, queen raised quick mart, four real hair, shock trauma, SUV, wheelchair wigger, white boy wannabes, XXL's right here, y'all, Zoom. <laughs> See, because he's right, I moved from the west side to the east side, not that far from Greenmount Avenue, which... Was, that was Greenmount Avenue. Um, it probably still is, from what I remember. Um, the poet behind the wheel is dangerous, juggling pad, pen, steering column. Each traffic light brings forth a line, every yield a different turn of phrase. The speedometer counts out syllables, not speed, and directions come apart under his fingers. Maps lose their meaning. Right? Second left? Gas station? Only words. Playing cars to be reshuffled later. Do not get caught behind him. He drives slowly, leads followers astray. Do not honk your horn. It reminds him of Purcell, Armstrong, the walls of Jericho. Do not let him drive you. Buckle up, and hours later, who knows where you'll arrive. Um... Uh, let me see. Want me to do one more, and then you, sure. then you take it. Okay. This is really, this is really cool. Actually, this sort of like trading floors. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> we will be taking the show on the road. By the way, I think uh, we're going to be in New York in the fall. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, and one more West Side poem. And I'll put my glasses on. Actually, now. Um, <laughs> Um, this is, um, well, okay, it tells you where it is. Baltimore Uproar by Romare Bearden. Upton Avenue Market Metro Station. Get off here. This is a story you've been told. These streets before the trash, the rats, the crackheads nodding to ghost music. That passed a distant gleam of notes, sound magicians dreaming, rising from these streets. Diminutive personification of the beat, Rhythm made compact fleshed. 
flamboyant, fly-brimmed hipsters, high on hidey-ho, exographers of jive, and our dark lady, transformed from turning tricks to trickster by the music through her songs. From the avenue to the after hours, you could hear it in the changes, the shift from working day to glittering night, shattering twists of phrase calling out the turn of a gloved hand sheathed in silver from fingertip to elbow to hide the tracks beneath. Rising from the platform, the scent of gardenias is in the train's retreating roar, leaving departing commuters in spangled shards of sound. These multicolored stones are her petals, a frozen music always calling, calling back, urging on, rise up, get off here, rise up. There are a number of uh, things I could go on for quite a while about the effects of um, childhood abuse, but um, a, a great number, and some estimates are 75% of the people in psychiatric care were abused as children. And when I was 21 years old, I began to experience um, uh, my first really serious bout with what we call PTSD. And my profile is very similar to the young veterans today, many of whom were not deployed before they began having problems. But I was fresh from um, basic training in my first marriage. We lost our first child, and I went over the edge. But over the years, I was treated um, for various diagnoses, including severe depression, and one of those medications sent my heart into congestive failure in 1995, just two months after I received tenure at Rutgers. And um, I was going to the store. I was living in West Philly, and I wanted a slice of cheesecake. It took me forever to get that to the store to get that slice of cheesecake. My heart was failing, and the fluid was going back into my lungs. When my heart failed, a top floor in Victorian Philadelphia, the night sounds, the tap and blast of gunfire above my landlord and landlady in love since childhood, the house a tree itself, the windows sudden spaces and leaves, roots running down to where there is no sense of what roots do under a map's wishes, a slice of cheesecake at Sam's. The store with the dog that never moves, the steps I know by heart, from tree to tree, cracks in the sidewalks, signed by my feet after a year here, tearing away at strange feelings and memories. I have come to have a high noon with the past, to meet the maker of sadness inside me, and tonight it is one slice of cheesecake and no soda. I hit the sidewalk and feel the feeling of turning to cement where flesh should be, trudging instead of walking, my chest full of some new mix, like a cake batter that needs more vanilla extract and hot butter, or a throat jammed with a goodbye somewhere between a sigh and a smile. My chest has a diamond where my heart should be, a puzzle's pieces. Each tree a rest stop, Five minutes to go, 50 steps, and I cannot count because the night looks like having lived to be a kind of success, second to what grows in trees without light. So after being diagnosed with um, CHF, congestive heart failure, they wanted to look at my heart, so they cut the uh, femoral, femoral artery in my right leg so they could insert a camera and, see, and I could also see my heart 
on the screen. On hearing Beethoven's Moonlight. In the tech room, on the tech table, the tech people all around, one says, Mr. Weaver, good news, the arteries are clear. Mr. Weaver, bad news, your left ventricle is barely working. Mr. Weaver, you can see your heart on the monitor. Oh, glad hour. The saints' tiny ballerinas on the glistening surface of stainless steel Language a river that swallows, chokes away the thing I think I want to say, but cannot, the song I want to sing. Doctor so-and-so, good news, this is my life, my one good, sad, but brilliant life. The tiny dancers on the table, only I can see it once, tra-la-la, tra-la-la, tra-la-la. My mother takes me inside once more, and there is... Nothing no one can give me. I have decided to be born again, to know what touched me, so I can send it flying. And when I was in junior high school, I began to fly, and I didn't tell anyone about this until I was in therapy in my 40s. But at night, I would be above my body in the ceiling and scared to death that I'd have to go to school in two pieces. <laughs> flying. A hand pulled me open, down on the bed, down on the bed, looking up, holding the covers while the soft soul of me, like a crab's inedible meat, lifted away, meat with thick strings that hold together, then elongate themselves to keep me tied, bound in the body until this lifting, the soul's ugly meat becoming wings, and I flew above the house, the graves behind it in Baltimore Cemetery with Grandma's marker holding our names. The ceiling was the law saying stop until the hand gave me the gift of flying. In my heart, yes, it is the heart, night became a magnet of my craving to be one thing forming in the womb of my mother where nascent nubs of self take shape. The brain still asleep in its mysteries until the heart awakens, thumps itself into beating with a drum song we know in the endless connections of intestines and brain, mind of gut, mind. The sages say we can fly when God falls asleep, his arm hitting the floor we call earth, so the touched can dream of home. My people, turn the corner and there they are. Loud and wrong, my grandmother says, head already in mid-shake. Used to be a good neighborhood, too, my grandfather adds, gripping the steering wheel, unimpressed by these low-rent others moving in, blurring the red line separating white from black, casting dark shadows on their west side dreams. Your people, no, your people, they bounce responsibility for the stoop sitters and boom boxes, chitlins, bright polyester, and afro sheen back and forth between them, their words flying over me, looking out from the back seat at my face in the mirrored glass. Um, there's a line from Yeats's, uh, from 
Auden's poem to Yeats that said, Mad Ireland heard him wounded you into poetry, which just grabbed me and shook me <laughs> the first time I read that. And so I think um, in some ways what you're hearing here is how Baltimore wounded us <laughs> into poetry, um, for which we're semi, somewhat grateful, I guess. I don't know. Sometimes we don't know. It's well, well, I like to say that the gift comes with a price. Yes. You have to pay for this gift. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. The Lost Boys, a requiem. Ricky, who moved away when I was three, Jamie killed in a hit-and-run, age 10. Wayne fell from a project window, age 14. Keith fell off a bridge at 17, or was he pushed? T.T., Bam Bam, Walter, Little Man, shot in a drive-by over money by Black Charles and Jeep, shot by T's cousin the following week. Jackie took himself out with a gun. Butch, who introduced me to my lover, dead of AIDS, his lover, Jason, waited a whole month to follow. William lost to AIDS, Essex lost to AIDS, Joseph lost to AIDS, Tony lost to AIDS. Melvin, whom I loved but never met. Kenny, fiercest, fiercest young boy on the block. Everyone called him faggot from age 10. Andre behind bars, Michael behind bars, Emmett behind bars, Lenny behind bars. David, in his stunning white fur coat, disappeared after his mother's funeral. Stevie, who saw a police line, do not cross, could not resist. Baby Johnny, christened, dead in 30 days. Tony on crack, Big K on crack, Patrick on crack, Willie on crack. The, I, the Iron Man across the street did PCP. Keyshawn inhaled, fired from Freebase, while Brother Kevin did the white girl, while Brother Kelvin took the boy. Frankie swimming in a bottle, MD 2020. Jerome in Johnny Walker Red. Ernest in a 40. Tommy in whatever he can get. Joe, not dead, only resting. Nathan, not lost, just gone. Troy, not gone, just Richie, just not here. The city without you. One, thunderstorm and early morning rain. Wind, a drunken boarder who's lost his keys, rattling the windows. The wrong house. Bustling streets continue bustling. Shining towers continue to be named. Traffic lights continue lighting. Treadmill red to green. The city continuing. Settled the way a house is settled into its foundation. Streets continue. Names continue. Lights continue. Haunted by damp rhyming, a hovering of wings, distant violins, an ancient buzz of bees, honeysuckle bristling on the tongue, bouquet of ashes worrying the nose. Continue, 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 continue. The deferred music, caress of whispers, weight of razored sleep, veiled glimpse of song, O oh, sweetest rain, wash the night from me. Continue. Con-tin, contain, con-tune, you. Won't be fingers, won't be heartbeat, won't be sense, won't be city, 
won't be. Won't be. Won't be. Won't be. Being wounded, um, yeah, wounded into poetry. Um, on Thursday night, I heard Peter Fallon speak at um, Boston College. I took um, one of my students there for the undergraduate poetry festival, and uh, Mr. Fallon is um, poet in residence there for a year. And he was talking about Ireland and poetry. It's funny you should say that, mm -hmm. and how poetry is close to the center of Ireland and. And he gave some criticisms to the United States because we're not quite there, but we're working on it. Mm. We're in the process of being wounded to the center there. Yes. Uh, but to say a little bit um, about the, the concept of this book, um, it goes back to my interest in Chinese culture, um, back to when I was 21 years old. But I began studying Tai Chi at, um, with my teacher's classmate around the corner from the old Greyhound and Trailways bus station up the street in 1978. And so it's been a long time. And so in my, on my first sabbatical from Simmons, I moved to Taiwan to continue my language study and was invited to uh, spend a um, amount of time in a monastery teaching Tai Chi to the nuns, which was big news in Taiwan. Right? <laughs> so I emailed my teacher. I said, Grandmaster Wong, is it okay if I teach Tai Chi in, in Taiwan? He said, sure. They want you to teach, why not? And so the news went all over the island. But I was in the monastery for five weeks, and I had actually stopped writing poetry for about seven years or so. Sporadically, I wrote. But um, the man who directs the monastery, Dr. UC, was after me to continue. So he would ask me in the morning, he would say, for example, in Chinese, I'll give you a little demonstration of my Chinese, if you bear with me. He said, Nina. See, I wrote three poems. You, and I would say, no, Mayo, have none. <laughs> but one day I got tired of being pushed and I started writing and this book began. So I want to, um, to read the poem that is the title poem of the collection, The Government of Nature. And it's about the relationship of the internal uh, world of who we are with what we perceive as the rest of the world. The Government of Nature. Dear body of mine, Rosetta Stone of my soul, familiar Vasellum, I have brought you to the arbor of memories, in the clinging vines playing Negro spirituals for parakeets with mouths turned upward as we were when we came into the world, me a sheaf of unwritten contracts, you a chemistry wrestle out of love and fate, dear body of mine. Organs and nerves, vessels, pineal window to inner space, the intersections of visions. What abbreviated paternoster do we summon in the night when the hand upturns the sacred portion of a child and mixes the nerves to make monsters, uses them for what feels unnatural, abridges and aborts the will, or is it the will itself come down to the only path that will let us be the difficult unknown, and the calculus that is our test along the way to forgetting. As we agreed to this, to the pain, the crying out for mother as trusted hands molest a child split from the herd to bind it with karma until the Dhammapada nods the way to nirvana. 
I come with you to places I cannot go alone. As alone, I would be only the decision to be, not the things I cannot explain to anyone except in the privacy of a piety I have had to own, a profane saintliness that came to me in places too foul to remain buried in me. These places, lotus ponds, mountains, waterfalls, divine insignia and closets, bedrooms, bathrooms, these places are carnival I now name as redemption, sins multiplying, lifting the eyes of cumulus clouds, praying over the urges that rise from memories of rape. The loneliness kept in grace's silence. Dear body of mine, I push off from a knowing that tears my eyes into a steady stream, leaving the medulla a tuft of grass on a hill, looking up and out to the wise fool in the center of the mind. As wishes fall back from the perimeters of the skin, beneath to the bone, inside the marrow to pierce the centers of cells until knowing leaves us tender and mortal, desire a river longing itself into being lost in mirrors. And um, I like to read a poem from my mother, and uh, she passed away in 1982, and I did not have a, t a chance to talk to her about my relationship with her brother. For my mother, Petunias. The cement border kept them on one side, on the other bricks pushed down in the lawn while they outgrew and spilled over the lilies, far away from my sweet potatoes, the food from roots I started in glass jars in the window. You came in the quiet moments in one of your old dresses, walking side to side on old slippers in late spring, days before we built the awning that made shade where there was no shade, added the tapping sound of the rain to our ears. In the rain, the petunias held up, the strangeness of fragile stem and bright petals, the violet, inviolate, it seemed, under the rain that fell until the slurping was like a tongue going up and down, some part of me I will not name here, not on this page, not in this light. The slurping like the slurping today here in this place where I have barricaded myself for ten years. The bars on the windows, the back wall, a solid stack of giant stone bricks set before your mother was born. Secure now, I listen to the rain, how it is kept away from me. If I choose to walk in it, this glory as natural as undisturbed sex and undisturbed lives, it will feel and smell like something welcome, something I want. Had I not been undressed, had I not been handled in the dark and made to know an evil wetness. At night, I wonder how deep my sleep would be had you known I was in danger and saved me. I have to pause after you read, just because. Because you're building up. No, 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 no. It's not because I'm building up. It's because I'm, I'm trying to not break into tears, actually. It's just, it's just so incredible. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing. We were here 
a number of years ago, and I think I, I saw Melvin come in. Melvin Brown, you still here? There he is, yeah. And um, so the three of us were here in this room. Mm-hmm. What was that? How many years ago was that? Or let's not say. Um, and um, it, was ama- it was an amazing thing, a very interesting reading, and an amazing thing because you don't hear black men reading poetry very often mm. still mm. you know I mean or a, particularly a group or a couple more than one there's usually sort of like there's one on the on the, on the stage but it, it's sort of it's, it's incredible and there's so much that we don't say mm-hmm. you know and there's so much that's not expressed and there's so much that we don't even tell ourselves, let alone <laughs> say to other people. Um, so it's a, it was an incredible thing. Um, so I, I, just, I just wanted to say that because this is an incredible thing. You, you, you are an incredible thing. Uh, I'm just trying to keep up. The star. Her closet is a universe made for trying on. The brightly colored dresses a standing field of flowers wider than the cramped strip of dirt behind the house. Ignored every day, starched white, reached back into a past still laced with big band music, rationed cigarettes, Chanel number no. five. Stepped into shoes and grew to adolescence, the clock, clock, clock of heels, time racing down the hall to when he too would be tall, cool, desirable, an adult, just like Lena Horne. How could they not love him as he made his grand entrance, posed, placed a trembling hand on narrow hip, waited breathlessly, sure of their applause? Out of town. Everyone there reminds you of someone else. That woman in the hotel bars, the girl you sat next to in kindergarten. Those people across the street look like the couple with four bikes you helped outside Walmart last Christmas. The guy at the gas station always begging change is here transformed into a banker. The bus driver, your first disastrous blind date in school. Names gather at the tip of the tongue, refuse to go farther. Even you, you no longer look like yourself here. But that other guy, that actor, singer, football player, the priest who married your friend's sister, the hoodlum everyone mistakes you for. Walking dust-quiet, rolled-up streets, you peer in the glowing houses that set for dinner tables, the backs of empty chairs, a flickering TV set at the end of a long hall illuminated by long-held and lost desires. Stare through the mirrored glass, searching for the life you could have led. And this is um, something, actually a number of poets uh, have, have written about this, uh, including my initial namesake, Randall Horton, R.H., the other R.H., we, we joke about that at Comic-Con. Um, this is um, Marvin Gaye sings of Star Spangled Banner, uh, the NBA All-Star Game, February 13th, 1983, which was one of the most... If you've never seen it, it's on YouTube. Of course, it's now almost everything's on YouTube. But it's one of the most astounding performances I've ever seen. I think most people have ever seen that he turned this, he turned the Star Spangled Banner into a Marvin Gaye song. <laughs> he did the impossible. 
Um, and everybody knew what was coming because as he walked out, that rhythm, that they started, they said, no, he didn't. No, he's not, but yes, he is. Um, so that's irresistible. It's irresistible to talk about. Marvin Gaye sings The Star-Spangled Banner. This is about love, about pain, about how sweet it is, the real thing, direct, unrequited, one-sided, can I get a witness? But he's known one more heartache. He knows all about that, about love trapped in the blood, no getaway, even after you've gone. Leave her, my mistake. Leave town was to love you. The country, when did you stop loving me? Marvin sings, if this world were mine. He knows words, words can lie, conceal, hurt it through the grapevine. Makes this song a promissory note. Makes midnight love to the dream. Hushed, sensual, slow healing. His tribe, last of the believers, makes me want to holler. The only real Americans left the way they do my life, yearning. Marvin sings, caresses words. The nation, fickle, seduced by the familiar, a distant lover persuaded to do right. That's the way love is, gently. Before she gives up her secret, releases freedom, a river, softness or kiss, all I need to get by. Then strong and sudden, true, says, let's get it. With bombs bursting in air, can I get a witness? By dawn's early light, do you know the meaning of been sanctified? We have just a few minutes, and I'd like to close by uh, um, acknowledging the heritage of poetry in Baltimore. Mr. Poe's portrait is behind us here on the wall. And uh, also acknowledge Baltimore's literary renaissance in the early 1980s. On November 22nd, 1981, um, I was on the front cover of the Sunday Sun magazine with Andre Cadrescu, Joe Cartarelli, God bless him, Joe passed away, um, David St. John, um, Daniel Mark Epstein. And I count on my influences and my mentors from that time on Roger Kamenetz and James Taylor. The, the Kamenetz family is prominent in the Baltimore area now, as you know. And James Taylor has the, um, the Dime Museum and has spent his time collecting memorabilia from, from those shows. And um, just one poem I'd like to read because we close at 12.50, and I like to be prompt. I'm from the east side. <laughs> all right, all right. I had to get that in. <laughs> and this is for my granddaughter. It's called Remember. If I forget to plug the sun, let me know. If I forget to tame the shark's teeth, let me know. If I forget to stop the tsunamis, let me know. If I forget to tie up the bears, let me know. If I forget to chase away the viruses, let me know. If I forget to clean the unclean foods, let me know. If I forget to stop rushing cars, let me know. If I forget to tame the lightning, let me know. If I forget to melt the slippery ice, let me know. If I forget to outlaw nightmares, let me know. If I forget to put perverts away, let me know. 
if I forget that the divine thing moved inside me to write this, the thing that can do all things, let me know, let me down easy into the earth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Diane, oh my goodness. I knew I was going to get Diana and Clarinda Harris. And Beth Spires. And Beth Elizabeth Spires. I stand accused as a man. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.